You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Salem Tire presents Dave's Corner Garage. Salem, with you through every turn. The following is a paid program. Warning, the views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it! Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Dave Redinger, Alan Gelman, and Terry O'Keefe from Omvik is with us this morning. Morning, Terry. Morning, guys. Hey, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Just a big reminder here, or a quick reminder, uh, our contest for leaf tickets is still on, ends this week. So if you want to try and get a set of leaf tickets against the, who is it, uh, Steve, the Atlanta Flames? The visitors. Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning. Who cares? As long as it's the Leafs, it's all right. (laughs) Everybody else doesn't matter. So anyways, go to our site, davescornergarage.com, and you can enter and win a set of tickets to the game, which is uh, in March sometime, I think mid-March. March 16th, I think. March 11th. Whatever, he's called too. <laughs> Read the cue card. We got a few weeks. No need to worry. We're also going to hear from David Senator. David is actually trying to get a museum, an automotive museum here in the Big Smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been working on this project for seven years, and I think it's time we talk to him. Are you so, just looking for a place to park your Ferrari? It's sitting on the hoist. You should put it in the museum. <laughs> Actually, I haven't had it out for a while. It's sitting on the hoist. I'm going to definitely get it out this season, I'm sure. Now that we don't have to certify it. That's a new law, right, in April? Or E-test. 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 Or E-test. E-test. Exactly. April 1, that's right. So now I can actually license it because it'll never pass any emissions. Smog alert, smog alert. (laughs) So anyways, we're going to have a great show. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Terry about uh, the new academy where they're going to teach people the ins and outs of buying a car, the all-in pricing, and all the, uh, uh, what's the word I should say here, is loopholes that some of these... uh, We're going to teach people what they need to know so they don't get into How to become a confident car buyer. That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Alrighty, we'll be right back. We're back, and uh, I mentioned the auto show. It's the last weekend for the auto show. Correct. It's on until tomorrow night. Right, yeah. Definitely get down there. It's something to see. And when you're there, make sure you stop on the 800 level at the uh, at That's the right. Omvik at the Omvik booth. Get your car buying questions uh, answered by uh, by our staff that are there. Now you've got a live wall in the back of your booth. Yeah, we. I mean, our, we've got a video display with our TV commercial the, with the All in Price Advertising right. uh, Awareness Campaign and a little breakout area as well where people can uh, can sit down and uh, and watch the Omvik Academy videos that you were. So talking let's talk about. about that. The Omvik Academy. We're trying to t- educate, actually, get the word out about buying a car from 
scrupulous dealers versus unscrupulous dealers? Well, you know, buying a car can be confusing. It can even be intimidating for some people, yeah. right? Uh, especially, you know, first-time buyers, new Canadians. And uh, so we wanted to create some resources that would help people become informed and hopefully, ultimately, then confident car buyers. Well, it's like you were saying. So you had said, well, people should stop by the 800 section and ask questions. They have to know what the questions are. Yeah, yeah, because people spend an awful lot of time researching what car to buy and very little uh, research on how to buy the car, mm-hmm. who to buy the car from, what do I need to know, what are my rights. Right. And so that's what the you know the Omvic Academy. It's it's actually not a school where you go and sit in class. Oh. It's a series of five videos, mm-hmm. and uh, it covers things like all-in price advertising, about the difference between buying from a dealer and buying privately. If you do decide to buy privately, what do you have to do? What questions do you have to ask to protect yourself? Uh, you know, understanding the dangers curbsiders pose uh, and, and an awful lot more. And there's also a car buying guide that goes along with this. Um, and, you know, and, and it, but it's, 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 these are not, you know, dry videos to, when you're buying a car, do this. They're, it's, uh, it's, it's, they're, Tongue in cheek. it's, they're created in the spirit yeah. of the 80s and 90s sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if there's any high school teachers listening, driving school instructors listening, these would be a fabulous resource for your kids, for your students. Well, exactly. Like we've always said, you know, just like if you're buying a used car, for example, we would always say, take it to your own mechanic, find out beforehand, yeah. mm-hmm. because it's way easier to bail on that purchase before you do. Okay. Otherwise, you know, to try to get rid of it or give it back afterwards, because that's not the case. So, for example, one of the things you're going to teach in the school is that, no, there is no cooling off period right. where so many people think that, well, I changed my mind. Can I, can I get, not give it back? And I remember years ago telling a customer, I went, listen, this ain't Eaton's, okay? You know, <laughs> we, just, we just don't take people it back. People don't realize that? They're not serious when they're buying a car? Or they're just sort of kicking tires and get talked into it? I'm really glad you asked that question because we have actually done research on this. And we know that, and we asked the question, when you purchase a vehicle and sign a contract, right. is there a 10-day cooling off period, 48 hours, 24 hours, or none? Or I don't know. There's a fifth option. Yeah. Right. Only 14.9% of Ontarians answer that question correctly. And the answer is there is no cooling off period. The other 85.1% are either uninformed or misinformed. They either think there is or they don't know. And that's why it is the law that a bill of sale in Ontario has to say in 14-point bold font right next to where the customer signs it, sales final. Yes. And yet it is still the number two complaint that the OMVIC complaints team deals with is a customer that wants to cancel the contract and try to get their deposit back. And, of course, that might not always be possible. You know, I had the same thing happen to me where uh, I just, in conversation, then the very next day after purchasing a car, someone said, so how much did you pay? So I said, oh, I got the car for this. You know what? I could have got it for you cheaper, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, maybe you could, but it's certainly way too late. You can't go back. That's right. And we do hear, you know, and we hear from frustrated dealers that the customer has signed a contract, spent many hours, you know, with the salesperson. They've signed a contract. And then what the customer has done is taken that signed bill of sale and tried to shop it around at other dealerships saying, can you beat this? Now, of course, we would ask other dealers not to participate in this, and it would probably breach the code of ethics to do it. But it's still very frustrating for the dealer when when that's the way the consumer is doing it. There's nothing wrong with shopping around when you're buying a car. Just don't sign a contract first. Now, what happens if he signed the contract, but his credit wasn't good? 
Now, the dealer starts shopping his credit to mm-hmm. see if he can find a home for him. So that's a great question. Normally, if the vehicle's going to be financed, the contract should inclo- include what is called an initial disclosure statement saying, we're going to get you financed over you know 60 months at 5.9%. And that should be written on the bill of sale. And so if the dealer then comes back to you and says, the best we can get for you is 9.9%, right. well, the customer's going, that's not the terms on the contract. And at that point in time... That condition hasn't been met. And the consumer can say, I don't want to do this. Uh, so there is an opportunity if the dealer can't get the financing that was promised, promised and is written on the bill of sale for the customer then to just say, okay, well, then this deal's off. I understand. So in other words, or they renegotiate a new deal where the customer comes up with more down payment and that way we can reduce the... Uh, or a co-signer? Yes. Absolutely. Or the customer or the dealer and the customer can renegotiate the contract. Maybe the customer is willing to agree to the 9.9 if they know that they've got bruised credit. Yeah. Right? So, it, I mean, it, but it, it opens a new, a new opportunity to do different things. I like how he says bruised credit. Actually, you know what? I, I'm, I'm kind of missing it though. Um, you know, I want to buy the car. Um, we talked about getting a price for this much. What's the worst thing that could happen? Like, you, they shop it around, for example. Well, your credit rating goes down every time. I think it's five points every time somebody inquires about your credit rating. Okay, but 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 it's reality. In other words, well, I guess I do have a bad credit rating. Otherwise, you could have got me the lesser financing cost. Very true. But the reality is if they're shopping your credit, right. like sometimes they'll give it to 10 banks oh. and have 10 banks bid on your car. Mm-hmm. So you will take it. But they've got 10 inquiries. And that's enough to uh, to, reduce your to make rating, my credit right? rating even worse. Yeah, it, it can happen. And that's why we encourage consumers, if, they're, if the dealer's arranging financing for them, ask them who they're going to send the application yes. to. And, they, and if they, let's say they said we're going to send it to these two banks. They, the consumer should also say, can you tell me what each of them said? Because you want to make sure you're getting the best offer. Is this uh, part of the course? This part about negotiating financing is not, but you're giving me a good idea for another video. (laughs) There you go. And I I was going to say, what's what's that address? i got to type it in my computer and learn a little bit more about car financing. (laughs) Stay tuned in next week's show. We'll be right back, and we're going to go quickly to the phones when we come back. Somebody having a problem with a heater. No way. And then we're going to be talking about dealers uh, that have issues with Omvic. We'll be right back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. Alrighty, we're back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name's Dave Redinger, Alan Gelman, uh, Terry O'Keefe, and Steve is on the iPhone, and we're actually broadcasting this on Facebook. And we're going to go for a trip now. Well, hang on a second. If you go to facebook.com slash forward uh, Dave's Corner Garage, you're going to see us. Go ahead, Steve. All right, we're going to take a trip from uh, Liberty Village out to St. Catharines right now. We're going to talk to Sandy, who's got a problem with uh, the heater in their car. What's going on, Sandy? Heater in a truck, 203 uh, Chevy. Uh, I came home yesterday. I shut the truck off. I heard a humming noise, and the heater's still running. Mm-hmm. Um, took the key out of the ignition. Of course, it played back because it's got to have a source of power, correct? Right. right. And coming off the ignition switch. So the only way I could shut it off for the night, I had to pull the fuse out of the uh, fuse box under the hood. Mm-hmm. Now, would, I'm just wondering, would that be the ignition switch, or could it be the heater control? I think it's the heater control. Um, what they used to have was a separate relay underneath the hood yep. uh, by the firewall. And, and for you see how that works is direct power is high, the high speed. And then yep. they put a resistor in there to lower it. So there was a relay there under the hood on the right side, on the passenger side, and that would get stuck. And that I don't know why they fed it live all the time, but it was. So yeah. uh, what to do is look for a little silver box over there. Um, right. Be careful with your hands, though. It could be hot. 
Okay. Yep. And just disconnect it or give it a whack. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks give, very give much. It a whack Appreciate is a good, it. Have uh, a good day. Thank You're you. very welcome. You know, they used to have a stepper motor uh, board. Uh-huh. Remember the old Buicks and that used to have a stepper motor? Yep. And it would just sort of flash the heater, boom, 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 for different speeds. I thought you were going to talk about giving it a whack. No, I wouldn't do that. All righty. Um, they call it, they th- call it a wackometer, don't they? <laughs> I have no idea. All righty. Uh, we're going to be talking about negative equity. According to Black Book, over $7,000 of negative equity is almost involved in every deal that dealers trade in. We were saying, what, 30% of the cars coming in have over $7,000 of negative equity? Yeah, that was Black Book's research, and yeah. I was actually surprised to hear it was that low because when, when we ask dealers about uh, about this, they actually, some have told us 50 to 80% of their customers with trade-ins are in a position of negative equity with the trade. Why is that? Is the Cars depreciating too fast, or are they too expensive? Most of, I, I think, the main cause for it is extended term financing. Okay, you know, we used to finance vehicles over five years. Right, it's common today to finance them over seven to eight years, but consumers are still trading those cars in after three or four years. So they want to trade that car in. They've only had three years. Um, but they financed it over eight. They haven't even paid off half the car, and they're trading it in. But it has depreciated. And remember, they're only getting wholesale value, too, when they trade it correct. in. That's correct, yes. So it has depreciated. They're getting wholesale value. So now that car is worth far less. Uh, they they owe far more than what the vehicle is, is worth. So they can actually do one deal. I mean, if, if, if it's $7,000, they can carry that probably for the next vehicle. But that's it. You can't do it a second time. So how it would work is, let's say we've got $7,800 in negative equity in our trade-in. Right. We're buying a car for $30,000. They're going to take that negative equity and roll it into that loan. So we're going to have to get a $37,800 loan for that $30,000 car. So your question, can they do it again? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. What, and what, what so negative advantage equities, would it be to the to the to the loan to the uh, to the bank or the loaning institute, the one lending institution? They're they're loaning more money, they're making more interest. And so negative equity can snowball. And we've heard stories of consumers that have done this three times. And they're trading in vehicles with between twenty and thirty thousand dollars of negative equity. But you can wow. almost guarantee though that the guy's gonna go bankrupt. Well, where where it well the, it reaches a certain point where you the consumer might not be able to finance another t- another right. time when they want to do it. And the other thing, of course, that you have to be concerned about is let's say that you've you've rolled negative equity in two or three times, and so now you've got a loan for a car that's fifty thousand dollar loan for a thirty thousand dollar car, and you write that car off. You're fornicated. The sh- the insurance <laughs> company is going to cut you a check for the value yeah. of the car, which maybe it's now twenty five thousand, but you still owe fifty. That's right. You're going to have to come up with the other twenty five thousand. Or you get gap insurance. Or you're going to have to pay for something like yeah. gap insurance to protect yourself from that. Right, and yeah, that's going to cost you even more. Exactly. I mean, we should explain gap insurance is they will give you the difference if your car is written off because of negative equity. So, but it's expensive. It's not cheap. It's it's not. So not only are you paying additional interest because your loan is much bigger, but you may have premiums for the gap insurance. Yeah. So they reach a point where they can't afford the car they're driving. Right. So I would say if you're looking at a long-term car loan, ask yourself, how long do you intend to keep that car? And will it reliably last the term of the loan if you intend to keep it that that long? And if you lose your car, or do you live close enough to work that you could walk there? Because because <laughs> now you owe twenty five grand for a car that you don't own. So how are you going to get to work? Hey, I had a mechanic came to work on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> One horsepower? Yeah. <laughs> he was behind on his family payments. 
Took his license away. Wow, he's out. <laughs> it's Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. And we're going to be answering a Toyota problem from Alma in Kitchener. All right, you're listening to Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman. Back from holidays. Beside me is, of course, Dave Rediger. All tanned and young and lovely. Thank you, thank you. And on the <laughs> other side, we have Professor Omvik. Terry O'Keefe, <laughs> who's wearing his gown today, and he's been teaching us all about Omvik College, Omvik Academy. Omvik Academy. All right. And then, of course, the important thing is to find out what you need to know before you walk into the showroom, and so that you don't get killed once you're there. All right. We're going to go back to our calls. Yeah. We've got Alma in Kitchener, who's got an issue with her Toyota. What can we do for you, Alma? Alma? We seem to have so lost... educating women all over the world how to take care of the car and to know something about the car. The men need to know, too. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> women nowadays, they are robbed by these old garages. No way. <laughs> really, don't, don't worry. Most garages are equal opportunities. Okay, what's the it's problem with your car? It's a good car and wonderful. I was just going to the mosque to pray while I was coming back. My light went off in the car as well in the... So I, could, I was driving and everybody was looking at me that she doesn't have light in the car. So what went wrong? I think most likely your car was switched to automatic on the headlights and uh-huh. so, someone has just shut it off. Uh-huh. Okay, because a lot of people think that automatically your lights come on, Yeah. but they do not. Oh. So if you want to look at the little lever on your left, you know the turn signal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the switch is for the headlights. Uh-huh. You have to look and see where it's set. It's either in the off position, uh-huh, which is most likely why they're off. Because why it's so confusing, Alma, and yeah. I see this every day going to work is It bothers him. It really does. It really does bother. <laughs> <laughs> I thought after my holidays I would chill it. But you see your dashboard is bright, yeah. okay? And so because it's bright, you think that your lights are on. And in fact, you see two white lights in front of you on the road, but those are only your daytime running lights, okay? Oh. So that's why it's important. Look at the lever on the left. If it's not if it's not in the off position, you're going to turn it on or best just put it back into auto, okay? Okay, thank you very okay. much. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye, love. And we have another Toyota. We have a battery issue from Doug. Okay, Doug, what's going on? Uh, I talked to you guys about a year ago about my Toyota. Oh, I remember. It's yeah. still not started? <laughs> Okay, well, here, here's what I found out would happen. I took the car to Toyota, and you have a, uh, on the, I bought the car brand new, mm-hmm. and on the uh, uh, driver's side, there's a, a fuse block under the hood, right? Yep. But what happened was, somebody, uh, well, it wasn't me, myself, somebody else wanted to use the car, and they, they, uh, they charged it, because uh, it was dead, but they put it reverse. Yes. Okay. Oh, they blew the main fuse. No, well, it's the main fuse on top, but you don't see it. But underneath, you you have to take the whole cover off with Allen keys, mm-hmm. and below there's a fusible link. Right. Yes. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And for a whole year, the car sits there uh, dead. And and I finally took it to the toilet, and they it took them, honest to God, I I can't believe it. It took them uh, two weeks to find that fusible link. No. Really. And they, they, because... How many hours of labor did you have to pay? I think it was about... Uh, uh, Two weeks worth? Well, the link was not uh, expensive, but I think... But then I got a brand new battery, too. Mm-hmm. And 
but I'm just saying. I, I mean, and then a friend of mine finds he Google's it. And he finds it. Oh yeah, there's there's links underneath that. I didn't know that. All right. Well, listen. I want to thank you for calling in with that great information. And if anybody else is listening and they've got a Toyota that's dead in their driveway. There's a fusible link there. Well, actually, you know what? I see that a lot, especially in the wintertime when they're boosting the cars and they mm-hmm. do it backwards. Hondas used to snap them out all the center. Was tr- and we should tell him that he's got off really easy. Yes. Because I saw, we had a caravan towed into our shop, and it had about $3,000 worth of damage, only because the, the, the teenager in the caravan, who was the nice guy, put the cables on backwards, Blew his radio, blew his alternator. The cable got so hot, it melted the grill and the bumper cover. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, you can have big damage. So if you're absolutely not sure on how to boost a car, don't do it. <laughs> and also, the a good piece of advice is the last connection is at the running car, not at the car that's dead. Because if the battery's frozen, they will pop and they'll actually explode. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not a comfortable feeling getting all wet with the sulfuric acid. So the last connection you make will be at the running car. So, you know what? Good idea to belong to Motor League. Yeah, but they'll never show up. Well, you know, when like, they're busy, they're busy. You know, all our lines are busy. Due to great volume, all our lines are busy. We'll see you in a week. Yes, but, you know, but in their defense, they'll tell you, if you can get a tow truck to your house, send us the bill after and we'll make good for it. So they're they're good that way. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, they will. All righty. Okay. So interesting stuff. And you know what? The season's almost over. We're going to be in March soon. Mm-hmm. And we'll be in spring. And we'll have a whole bunch of other issues to deal with. <laughs> Isn't that the time, traditionally, when people go buy cars, though? Yeah, actually do. The auto show is what kicks it off. It really is, yeah. yeah. The, the dealers will tell us that, uh, you know, their spring market, it's, you know, it's it used to be very seasonal. The, you know, the fall with the new models, that was that yep. was huge. Uh, it's much more level throughout the year, but the spring market still is very real. Now you're schooled. Does it start in September? It's It started Friday. All right. It's available. It's online. It's online whenever anyone wants to go on VicAcademy.ca. Uh, you'll enjoy the videos. All right. Alrighty. You know what? I'm going to go get new underwear and socks so that okay. when I start school on Monday, I'm going to be looking good. I got money at my Walmart account. Okay, we'll be right back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. When we come back, we're going to talk about a bad RV dealer in Kempville. Okay, if you want to know what's going on behind the scenes, go to Facebook.com forward slash Dave's Corner Garage, and you can see us in our glory. Uh, we're talking right now with uh, Terry D. Terry D. Fritches. Terry O'Keefe. <laughs> professor professor <laughs> Ombic. And uh, Tom Pryor. I can't even know when I blew the guy's name. <laughs> Tell us about the dealership in Kempville that was uh, in your bad list. I got a note from Farrah that says, this is a bad guy. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly bad guy. Allegedly. <laughs> that's a, that's an important word. Yeah, Tom Peary Motor Sales right in Smith's Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, we issued an immediate suspension uh, to that dealership last week. That's um, usually something bad. It is. Okay. It is. So it, immediate suspension, what it means nobody can come on the lot and buy a car? It means that he he cannot legally buy, sell, lease, or consign vehicles. But I just motor want to vehicles. do one more. Yeah, nope. <laughs> so what no. did he allegedly do? So I, I'm going to read from the list okay. here because I want to make sure oh, a list. Uh, I get this. <laughs> Wasn't well, just one yeah, or two no, things. It's, it's not. This is this is this is the type of thing though that triggers uh, you know, an action like okay. an immediate suspension. And these are allegations. He did not, or the dealership did not remove liens from vehicles traded in, leaving consumers responsible for the debts. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Sold 46 vehicles without first discharging liens registered against them. Bad. Failed to remit payments to an extended warranty company for 24 warranties. 
Very bad. Putting customers at risk of not having coverage. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obstructed an inspection and failed to provide records to the registrar. That's OMVIC as required. So this guy is really underfinanced. That's his problem. Um, He's looking for money in the, anywhere he well, can Well, he made it. money by keeping the money for the war, extended warranties. Yeah. And uh, so there's, there's, you know, we only use our power to issue an immediate suspension when we believe that there is, a, you know, imminent consumer harm because of the dealer's uh, action. So and obviously that was the you case You put here. this out there. Yes. That you, nobody should go to this gentleman to buy a vehicle. That's correct. But what happens if it does? You know, I, I didn't get the message. Are you as a consumer? Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he legally, he cannot trade in motor vehicles. And I don't want to go into the machinations, uh, but it would be very difficult for him to sell you a vehicle. I understand. Uh, it would be, it, it, he wouldn't be able to transfer a vehicle into your name. So now you got all these guys out there who own two cars because their Lino's never paid off on their old one uh-huh. and they bought another car. Yeah, we have one, one consumer who, who, and this came, this became aware of this through consumer complaints. And uh, the consumer had had explained to us that for six months, she was making payments on two cars. Wow. The car she bought yes. and the car that she had traded in. And she didn't know. Well, she she knew. She didn't know where to who to go to. Uh-huh. Uh, right? And so she made 13 payments on this other vehicle. We've had another complaint from another consumer, allegedly, who... Uh, the lien on their trade-in has never been paid. It's over $22,000. A quick question. Um, if they bought from a registered dealer, there's a compensation fund. Would they be looked after? That's a great question. I mean, we're talking about a horror story here. Yes, right? Consumers course. that are, are, are looking at serious consumer uh, financial harm. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Al. Because they dealt with a registered dealer, we do have a compensation fund. And the fund will reimburse consumers up to $45,000 mm-hmm. uh, if they suffer a loss like this. And uh, so you know, these consumers will be able to file a claim with the fund. But in the meantime, uh, if you've got family or friends uh, in the Smiths Falls area, um, Tom Peary Motor Sales, they're temporarily, they're temporarily suspended. Uh, he also operates RV Kempville, the dealership that you alluded right, to. Yes. Um, that dealership's license actually uh, expired a few days before we issued the immediate suspension. Uh, so that dealership can can also cannot uh, legally sell motor vehicles. And I say motor vehicles because it's an RV dealer. That wouldn't stop them from selling a trailer. Trailer, right. Anything without a motor, you can still sell. Yeah. Right. So the other question is, you actually re- go after them later and recoup the money that you're putting out. Oh, if the compensation fund pays out claims, absolutely. Yeah. The comp fund will try to, to get that money back from that registered dealer. Otherwise, you have to get more money from the good dealers to fund the fund. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, he's he has the right to appeal our suspension uh, within 15 days. Yes. Uh, along Because along with that suspension order, we also issued a proposal to revoke the dealerships and his personal license as well. Fascinating stuff. All right, cease and desist. That's what we got to do. I I heard the music in the background. We're going to have to take a break. We come back. Dave Senator, we're going to talk to him about the Ontario Automotive Museum. Cool. We'll be be right back. All righty, we're back. Uh, I met this gentleman actually in LinkedIn. Uh, his name is David Senator. He is the CEO of the Ontario Automotive Museum. It's actually, there's no automotive museums other than one in Oshawa, and the next one down the road is in uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. David, good morning. How are you? Good morning, David. Yourself? Great. Any day you wake up is a great day. That's my philosophy. Absolutely. So you came up with this idea years and years ago, but it's just sort of coming to uh, fruition now. Well, correct, correct. You know, the fruition... Uh, uh 
takes, uh, you know, a museum is a community endeavor, and there's no I in the word museum or teamwork, and it's taken years to convince the government to uh, allow for land concessions at either the Ontario Place or the Canadian National Exhibition, and it has um, been a, a, a large and encompassing endeavor to... Um, you know, create the naming rights uh, agreements and to develop the, the community relationships within the museums, uh, uh, the great museums of the world, in order to put on uh, a world-class um, revolving exhibition. And the journey has, in fact, taken us around the world. And we are glad to announce that we are working with all levels of government to uh, break ground uh, later this year uh, in the CNE Ontario Place Corridor, to build a brand-new, world-class automotive museum uh, for our great city. Now, you were throwing out a number we were talking earlier. It's like hundreds of millions of dollars to do this. Well, correct, correct. As you may know, the the edifice enhancement at the um, AGO was $265 million. That's just to add the new facade, and it was wow. $310 million, uh, for the crystal. So museums aren't cheap. Um, and this is going to be a world-class 250,000-square-foot automotive entertainment attraction. Um, it will have um, approximately 50 uh, repair bays in the basement, which will be utilized by uh, students, apprentices, master mechanics, retirees. Um, running at full uh, two-shift capacity, we'll be uh, certifying and training uh, um, thousands of um, automotive mechanics annually. Mm. On top of that, we're going to have restoration class, um, you know, lectures, uh, you know, all kinds of um, uh, annual and quarterly events. Um, you know, the Jay Leno collection, the Ralph Lauren correct collection are all, you know, uh, slated as possible, uh, um, you know, displays. And working with many uh, fantastic journalists here in uh, uh, in Ontario and throughout North America, I've come to meet many of the world's top collectors who have all shown uh, a major interest in exhibiting at the Ontario Auto Museum. Do, do you or your organization already have um, accumulated you know, vehicles and, and display pieces? Yeah, yes, we have. We've been working with um, uh, the Aeronautical Museum in Ottawa, mm -hmm. which has accepted motorcycles and automobilia uh, for over 10 years for tax reasons. Mm -hmm. And they have over 180 cars, wow. um, 60 motorcycles, and over 5,000 automotive artifacts. Um, I'll work with the federal government um, we'll make this, we'll roll over those assets as a part of our archive um, if everything goes according to our plan. And, you know, it, it's been an honor to to try and bring this together for our city. I know that we have a, a huge, passionate uh, automotive community here in uh, the greater Toronto area. And, you know, being that, uh, being that that said, there needs to be a home where people can come and they can, uh, you know, they can, they can trade, uh, um, uh, stories and we can enjoy the automotive experience together. You know, it's funny because we used to have an automotive building. That's right. At it was the exhibition, fortunately. Yeah, it became the sheep building. They had sheep in it after. <laughs> I mean, why, why we had this town has a huge automotive um, uh, underbelly that is just yeah de desiring and 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 are hoping for a place so that we can come and celebrate our you know our the objects that we care for and we treasure and. And also, to, you know, museums are, are intrinsically about education, culture, and, uh, you know, intellectual enhancement. And there's nothing more complex and ingrained, as, as Marshall McLuhan called it, the, the mechanical bride. So, you know, we look out the window and there's the car. We, you know, it, it's really become a, 
an extension of our, you yes. know, of our of ourselves. Our personality. And I think a museum, a, a world class transportation museum, as slated, is really going to be a big addition to the museum um, um, a system here in uh, in the Greater Toronto Area. How do we get more information? We're going to have to let you go. Well, you can go to OntarioAutomuseum.com, and uh, you're welcome. And all, all your listeners are welcome to sign up for the newsletter. So OntarioAutomuseum.com. We would love for any of your listeners who would want to volunteer, uh, put things on display, who may have some old automobilia they would like to donate. We'd like to hear from everyone, and everyone is always welcome. There, again, there's no, there's no, uh, um, in, in the museum. This is really a community. All right, David, we got to run. Thanks for joining us, and good luck with your project. Thank you, David. It's automobilemuseum.com. Ontario Automobilemuseum.com. Really? And uh, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And, it's uh, pothole day. It's pothole day. Don't it's forget. pothole day? <laughs> yeah. I saw a pothole so big, a guy was backing a boat up to it. I think there's one. There's, there's a Robert Kraft pothole. It's a really deep one, and I don't know if yeah. he's going to get out of it. We're not going to go there. No. Uh, if you're hanging on the phones and we close the show on you, uh, keep hanging on because we'll answer the calls after the show. For those uh, people who don't realize or more looking on Facebook, you know, Steve's been walking around with a camera for the last hour, which has been good to get our pretty faces. But, you know, Omvik realizes that everybody has a, a smartphone, and that smartphone contains a camera. Terry, what should they do with that camera? Take a picture of the dealer's ad before you go to the dealership. Right. That's right. So, uh, because the rules are that the price is the price. When a dealer advertises a price for a vehicle, it has to include all the fees that dealer intends to charge with the exception of HST and licensing. Uh, we often hear from consumers, well, the dealer charged me an administration fee. Is that legal? Um, yes, it absolutely is legal. Provided that? It was included in the advertised price. Right. So when you buy the car, they're going to break out all those fees on the bill of sale. You'll see them itemized. That is what the law requires. What would be illegal is if the dealership, let's say they advertised a vehicle for $20,000, and when you went there, they said, plus five ninety nine admin fee. That's illegal. And unfortunately, we still see uh, significant non-compliance with the all-in price advertising Now, there's a caveat here. If it has to be a dealer ad, if it's a manufacturer's ad, you don't have a control over that. Glad you mentioned that. Manufacturers are not bound by the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act, right. and therefore the all-in price advertising rules do not apply to ads placed by the vehicle manufacturer. And it does cause confusion. The consumer's got that manufacturer's ad. They know about all-in pricing. They've got the manufacturer's ad. They go to the dealership and the dealership says, well, there's additional fees and uh, and the consumer somehow thinks now the dealer's doing something they shouldn't be and, and, the, and the dealer is left in the unenviable position of having to explain that's not my ad, that's the manufacturer's and trying to, you know, it deal with bad. the mistrust that's been created. Yeah, and, and the other thing I noticed was sometimes they advertise a car really, really cheap, but when you go and try and find that car, it doesn't exist. We sold it, or it, there's not enough in the country to service the the demand. Yeah, George Inney from the Automobile yes. Protection Association refers to those as unicorns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we would say is that if a dealer advertises a vehicle that they don't have in stock, right, then the ad should make that clear. The ad should say that a you know dealer locator required or uh, order from the manufacturer is required uh, and uh, so you know that shouldn't be happening that you're going to see a vehicle that's not in stock 
Oh, so there should be like an LOL beside the price, eh? <laughs> Laugh out loud. Or a, uni- or a unicorn next to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. We'll throw in a free unicorn. With no, every, you uh, see that. You see, you know, like uh, a Hyundai for, for $11,000 and the guy goes there. No, no, no. That's his factory order or something like that. Yeah, well, if that was a dealer's ad and it didn't say that it was a factory order was required or a dealer locate was required, please send that ad to Omvic. We would invite consumers. We would invite other dealers to report that type of advertising so, because so that shouldn't con- be happening. So when the consumer is looking at that ad, what's the giveaway? How do they know where it's from? It should have the dealer's name. If it's okay. got a dealer's name or a group of dealers listed mm-hmm. at the bottom, then it's, a, then it's clearly it's a dealer's ad. Okay. Uh, you know, and, ju- and just so that everyone understands, we're talking about ads in the newspaper, mm-hmm. but we're also talking about on the dealer's website, online marketplaces, Kijiji, AutoTrader, wherever it might be, the dealer's social media. Dealers today are using, you know, YouTube, Facebook, yep. Instagram to advertise their cars, all in pricing. That regulation applies to any ad. You know, it's funny how it's changed because they actually have an internet sales staff, which only deals with stuff coming in off the internet, and they're busy enough that they can keep them going. Yeah, the the way that cars are, are sold today is changing. Yeah. It is. It isn't just put an ad in, the guy walks in the showroom. The guy's on the internet, puts his name in, and somebody calls him and, cl- and clicks him, and away we go. We start talking about buying a car. It's it's completely changed. It is, and you know, and you know, the all-in price advertising regulations. I hope that one day when we get enough compliance, it's going to change the way that people buy cars too, because it's going to build trust. You're going to be able to trust that advertised price, and that's going to build trust in the dealers. Yeah, but dealer everybody community. wants to haggle. I mean, that's the part of the game. Oh, look who's talking! Okay? <laughs> right? His eyes lit up when yeah. he talked about that. So. There's a unicorn next to his name, Haggle. <laughs> uh, Terry, what's, how do we get a hold of Omvic? Omvic.ca. Complaints and inquiries team there to answer questions from any consumer. It's free. And the academy? Omvicacademy.ca. Omvicacademy.ca. Is that Al, Al's getting his new clothing stuff watch. for school. No, I was thinking, you know, I, I feel all verklempt about this guy in Verklempville <laughs> who's selling the motorhomes, eh? Yes. Really. Remember, if you're in Kempville, don't buy a car. Alrighty, um, if you're on the phones hanging on, please do. We'll come and talk to you in a second. Uh, that is a wrap. Thank you so much, Terry. Omvic.ca for that. Alan, thank you. Welcome home. And sign up for uh, Omvic College. Yes. The Omvic Academy. Bye bye. Study hard. Have a great weekend. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.